0: This is the Aspen Public Radio Newscast. I'm your host, Eleanor Bennett, here with your top stories this Monday. Picken and Eagle Counties sent out an alert around 7 p.m. last night about a structure fire up Frying Pan Road. Officials were alerting residents that the road was closed between mile markers 4 and 5. The road was fully reopened by about 9.30 p.m. last night. Roaring Fork Fire Rescue has not yet released more information on the status of the structure fire. Picking County officials are reminding people to slow down and drive with caution, especially through Snowmass Canyon. There were multiple accidents in the east and westbound lanes over the weekend, but no fatalities were reported, according to the Picking County Sheriff's Office. The county issued an accident alert on Saturday due to stormy weather and poor road conditions. Local deputies only respond in certain circumstances when an accident alert is in place. That includes if a car is unable to drive or if there is a fatality or injury requiring medical care. The Wheeler Advisory Board will meet with Aspen City Council this afternoon to discuss topics like funding, programming, and staffing at the city-owned Opera House downtown. Kaya Williams has more on the upcoming work session. The Wheeler Advisory Board is made up of community members, several with an extensive background in the performing arts. According to a city memo, they're meeting with the council to talk about areas of mutual interest and address questions like these. What is the Wheeler Board doing well, and what could be improved? What are everyone's thoughts on the variety of performances and programs, and what does the Wheeler Opera House mean to the community? They could also discuss the real estate transfer tax that funds the Wheeler's operations and some grants. Voters decided in 2021 that the tax can also be used for broader arts and culture purposes. From the Edless Neeson Arts and Culture Desk, I'm Kaya Williams. The Roaring Fork School District has been holding listening sessions for parents and students over the past few weeks to get feedback on a series of drug and alcohol prevention strategies. Ideas they've looked at include drug and alcohol awareness classes for students and parents, increasing the number of school resource officers on campus, and introducing drug-sniffing dogs. Interim Superintendent Anna Cole will present the feedback the district received to the school board on Wednesday. The Aspen Chamber Resort Association is partnering with the Good Traveler Program on a carbon offset initiative, Large groups traveling together can submit air travel expenses to ACRA, and the chamber will provide a carbon offset. These funds go to local environmental advocacy group Wilderness Workshop. ACRA says it's already paid out more than $5,000 in donations to Wilderness Workshop, and it's raised $10,000 in total. In a statement, the nonprofit's CEO, Will Roush thanked ACRA for its support and said the donations would allow Wilderness Workshop to continue advocating for Colorado's public lands. The town of Snowmass Village launched an updated website last week. The site was redesigned in partnership with Civic Plus and aims to provide faster load times, improved navigation, and more advanced search capabilities. There's also a new high-contrast layout. The results are in for yesterday's 12th annual Ski for the Pass race. Sammy Inkinen of Aspen came in first with a time of 41 minutes and 58 seconds. He was closely followed by Igor Gavrilov of Glenwood Springs in second and Edwin Ryerson of Aspen in third. Rachel Bachman Perkins came in first among women and sixth overall with a time of 45 minutes and 52 seconds. And shout out to Aspen Public Radio's own Kaya Williams, who came in fourth among women. The annual 7-kilometer race is co-organized by Ute Mountaineer and is a fundraiser for the Independence Pass Foundation. After raising $660,000, the Mount Sopris Nordic Council has kicked off a series of capital improvements at its Spring Gulch cross-country ski area in Carbondale. Picking County Open Space and Trails has pledged a quarter of a million dollars for these projects, which include building a new parking lot and more trails. The council also plans to remove diseased and drought-damaged oak and aspen trees, mitigate tree fall hazards, and promote overall forest health this spring. Even with the recent snowfall, researchers are raising alarms about the amount of snowmelt and spring runoff that could be available for the Colorado River Basin. Most of the water that supplies 40 million people across seven western states starts as snow in Colorado's mountains. In the upper part of the basin, some areas have reported about 60% of average snowpack levels, according to CPR. The fall and early winter started even worse in the lower basin downstream of Colorado, as low as 35% of average snowpack in some regions. Here in the Roaring Fork watershed, February began with snowpack measuring slightly below average, according to the Roaring Fork Conservancy. Recent spells of mild and dry weather have contributed to abnormally dry conditions over the last month or so. The consistency of snowfall through the rest of the winter will determine whether drought conditions improve or worsen and how much spring runoff we get. And in local arts and culture news, the Roaring Divas held a lip-sync battle at the arts campus at Willits Saturday night. The local group brought in four drag queens from Grand Junction to see who was the ultimate lip sync performer. To cause Art Williams held court as the MC, and audience members were even invited on stage for a moment in the spotlight. Reporter Hallie Zander was there and says the contestants performed to artists like Britney Spears, Selena Gomez, Lady Gaga, and Doja Cat. Grand Junction queen Robbie Stardust impressed the local crowd and came in second place, but the Valley's own Ramona Chingona ultimately took the golden crown. Ramona's next performance will be at Mountain Pride's Valentine's Day Doesn't Have to Be a Drag Bingo event. That's in Edwards on February 13th. In statewide news, Denver police are investigating a mass shooting that happened early yesterday morning in the northeast part of the city. Officials said six people were shot in the Green Valley Ranch neighborhood. Two of the victims, a man and a boy, died from their wounds. Police have not released details of a suspect or suspects, nor have they made an arrest. Unaffiliated voters in Colorado still have the right to participate in the Democratic and Republican primary elections. A U.S. District Court judge upheld that right on Friday, according to the Secretary of State's office. The judge's ruling denied the Colorado Republican Party's attempt to prevent them from participating in the primary coming up in June. Unaffiliated voters make up nearly 48% of voters in Colorado, according to state data. These voters will receive both a Republican and a Democratic ballot for both the presidential primary on March 5th and the statewide primary on June 25th, but they're only allowed to return one ballot for their vote to be counted by their local county clerk. And in regional news, a new study shows GoFundMe donations to disaster survivors often benefit people with high incomes not those who need it most. The Mountain West News Bureau's Kayla Bradle reports. Researchers at the University of Colorado Boulder analyzed donations to hundreds of people who lost their homes in the 2021 Marshall Fire, the state's most destructive. They found people with household incomes above $150,000 received nearly 30% more money, on average, than those with incomes below $75,000. Here's study co-author Tony Cookson because of the advantages that wealthy people have in society and their networks, they know people who are better positioned to donate to them. On the flip side, it is sort of showing that this type of support isn't evenly allocated. Some people receive more than $60,000, while others receive less than 5,000. Cookson says federal disaster aid doesn't fill funding gaps. The study found people who got FEMA support for property damage, received an average of just $2,500. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Caleb Radel. The Aspen Public Radio Newscast is produced by our news team, which includes Hallie Zander, Caroline Yanez, Kaya Williams, and me, your host, Eleanor Bennett. You can listen to the show every weekday morning on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you next time.